And now, a Blaze Media Podcast. Hello and welcome. How in the world are you? So, times are tough, right? You know that. Times are tough for everybody. Well, not everybody. The notorious B.I.G. crown that he was photographed wearing back in 1997. You know, Biggie Smalls. The notorious B.I.G. King of New York picture. Yeah, that crown sold for $594,750 at an auction. Right? Now you think to yourself, well, it's a crown. Of course it went for a lot of money. Yeah, it was just a plastic crown that originally cost six bucks. So that's how tough times are for some people. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. (laughs) So yeah, this was the inaugural uh, hip-hop auction at Sotheby's. Um, You know, I guess if you wanted, if you had the money, you know, if you're Jay-Z or you're a few other rappers with, uh, or stars, that uh, other musical stars that have a lot of money and you'd want to have the crown that Notorious B.I.G. wore in the photo shoot. It wasn't long after that where he was shot and killed in Los Angeles. The photographer remembers during the photo shoot that they were saying that he shouldn't go to California. So uh, because of the controversy uh, going on between the uh, the two coasts and, uh, you know, the beef between the rappers, between different rappers, and uh, he probably shouldn't have, but he did anyway because he was the notorious B.I.G., and uh, then he was murdered. That case is still an open case, too, by the way. There were other items sold at the uh, inaugural hip-hop edition at Sotheby's. Uh, there was a pair of prints from the session, plus a photo contact sheet, which opened between two and 300000 and uh, of course the photographer uh, Claiborne said well I've been told that's too low yeah yeah I know you probably wanted to get a little bit more money you got over half a million for the six dollar crown I mean I know it's not the six dollar crown it's about the notorious B.I.G. wearing it I got it and uh it was he said in the story that uh, uh he used it you know King of New York it was the cover and uh Puffy Combs, Sean Puffy Combs, was owner of Bad Boy Records. That was the label that Biggie was on. And he was there for the shoot, and he didn't want Biggie to take the picture with uh, the crown. He said, it looked like Burger King. Well, and Biggie said, no way, I'm taking it. And, of course, you know, it didn't look like Burger King because Notorious uh, was uh, the king of New York at the time. It looked like uh, the man was wearing his crown as the king of New York. So, uh, you know, that's where you're at. And I get it. You're not buying the $6 crown. You're buying the notorious B.I.G. $6 crown. I don't know who bought it. Could have been Jay-Z. Could have been Naz. Could have been Puffy. (laughs) Sean could have said, ah, you know what? I want to, it's mine. I'm going to take that. I mean, it could have been Kanye. I don't know. Kanye was a little wound up yesterday. He got, uh... He got one of his Grammys out and he set it in the toilet and he urinated on his Grammy. And of course he posted the, the video 
on his uh, Twitter feed, if you follow Kanye at EA uh, on Twitter. And he was a little wound up yesterday. He was fighting for uh, record contracts and how uh, musicians don't own the rights to their music. And in fact, he went on a Twitter rampage about it. And uh, he posted his contract, the one contract that he had, 114 pages, each one posted on Twitter. And then he said, whew, that was a lot, guys. And then he immediately posted, 90% of record contracts on the planet are still on a royalty. A standard record deal is a trap to never have you recoup. And there's all these hidden costs like the distribution fees. Many labels put in their contract to make even more money off our work without even trying. Kind of a little wound up. Maybe he spent a little bit too much money on the presidential campaign. He's starting to realize, eh, I need some more money. And now he's looking into making some more money. How much money he got ripped off on some of these contracts. <laughs> so, you know, look, he's got 21, I think. Right, according to the story I read, he's got uh, uh, 21 trophies. Okay, you know, he's, he's urinating on one in the toilet that, you know, once you get one of the helpers to uh, wash it off and shine it back up, you can put it back on the you can put it back on the shelf. So, I mean, he's a little wound up. Maybe he bought the crown. Maybe it was all his. He decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take the notorious B.I.G.'s $6 crown and spend 500000 on it and I need some more money for my old contract because I'm getting ripped off. We don't know. We just don't know. What we do know is my uh, my, my, my dislike of dentists. It's not so much about the dental work. I mean, I can handle the dental work. I just think that dentists were... Part of dental school is learning how to be a criminal. <laughs> Every dentist in the audience is now pissed at me again. I was just, I just made up to him and they were, I, I, I just let him go. He's making a joke. I'm not a dental school is part of crime school. They learn how to rip people off, man. That's a, that's a criminal job. That's being a dentist. <laughs> not only do they take your teeth out, but they are after every single dime you own. Even if they didn't do the work. I mean, if they thought about doing the work, yeah, well, we thought about doing the work, so we're going to charge you for it. That's just the way it is, Jeff. That's what, that's what happens. Oh, okay. Well, there's a dentist in Alaska who uh, got 12 years in prison. And while I don't wish prison on anyone, uh, it kind of makes me happy to see this happen. So an Alaska dentist, he has extracted a patient's tooth, but he did it while riding on a hoverboard. And I guess he didn't tell the patient that he was going to be riding on a hoverboard as he was working. And then, of course, how do we know about it? He filmed it. You can't be extracting a tooth on a hoverboard without having it filmed. That's just an impossibility in today's world. Right? <laughs> right. So the judge in, uh, in Alaska was not happy. He had dozens of charges. Uh, against him, uh, Medi Medicaid fraud, removing a patient's teeth without their permission. Uh, he was convicted back in January on charges of reckless endangerment, illegally practicing dentistry, and medical assistant fraud. I mean, I'm not sure 
uh, what kind of guy he is, but uh, he's even, I mean, he's not even good enough to hide the crimes. <laughs> so uh, he's in jail. Yeah, I know, for 12 years. Woo. So he sedated her and recorded himself performing the tooth extraction on a hoverboard. And you can see the pictures. You know, he's on the hoverboard, arms up, successful procedure. And he was all happy about it. But apparently, uh, he had lost his dental license. Oh, I'm sorry, it was suspended uh, in 2017. And he was ordered uh, also to, uh, by the judge, it can't be practicing medicine during the probation period after he was released from prison. And he's in jail for 12 years, so he's not going to be a dentist legally for quite some time. So is he a representation of every dentist in America? Of course not. But, but. All right. I've got three stories that are you know, kind of tied together. I have one story that's uh, accusing uh, someone of assault. I have one story that accuses someone of harassment. I have one story that uh, not only accuses someone of degrading and humiliating tones, it cost him his job. One of them still has a job. One of them is uh, retired and one of them got fired. So, uh, and they're all around accusations of some kind of male, female accusations. So one's about Donald Trump. One's about a Chicago radio host. One's about a top Pentagon official that's retired. So I'll let you choose. If you're listening live on the 17th of September in 2020, <laughs> you choose okay is it the assault the re- harassment or the degrading and humiliating tones well, what order do we go we've got uh, one retired one got fired one still has a job <laughs> now you can guess who still has a job that's correct the president Donald Trump So the one that got fired, do we go in fired, retired job? Or do we go in job, retired, fired? You choose. Go ahead. I'll wait. I'll wait. Play a little, play a little uh, music and uh, you decide. And I'll I'll see what you decide while the music plays. fast uh we go with working (laughs) retired fired so let's start with working uh amy doris alleges that trump who is by the way still working at his job as president of the united states forced his tongue down her throat and groped her in 1997 at the u.s open now she claims she didn't she told a few of her friends about it but she didn't come out publicly you know for since 1997 ah, what is that 23 years funny it's been quite some time now uh she claims that this was at the US Open in the VIP box at the tournament September 5th 1997 
She accused Trump of forcing his tongue down her throat, assaulting her all over her body, and holding her in a grip she was unable to escape from. But... She... That was it. That was it. Tongue, grope, get out. Behind the screen, there's pictures of her in the suite where you can see where the partition would be going back to the bathroom in the suite. And that's where it took place. No one in this suite full of people witnessed or heard a thing. Okay. Is it possible? Sure. I guess it's possible. She was there with her boyfriend who was uh, one of Donald Trump's best friends, at least at the time. And she claims that she told him, just keep him away from me. I don't want to be around him. And he doesn't recall this um, conversation with her. Jason Bin is his name. Okay. Um, also, she went to several events and with boyfriend and Donald Trump after the alleged incident assault took place. Now, it's fair to say that Donald Trump has denied all of these allegations. Uh, all of these people that took pictures in Trump's apartment the next day have de- have not said a word. I mean, they don't know anything about it, but there's pictures of her with uh, Lenny Kravitz, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy. I mean, look at oh, the rappers are in the news today on on uh, on chewing the fat. They're everywhere in Trump's apartment. And at one time, uh, DiCaprio showed up, David Blaine. She's got pictures with all of these people. This was after, apparently, this horrific event took place where she claims that she was uh, assaulted with a tongue and a grope. Okay? I'm not down. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. I'm not downplaying a tongue and a grope. I get it. If it happened at all, I get it. Isn't it interesting Isn't it interesting that this news comes out now? According to the story, she told, you know, several people off and on throughout her life about it. And she also did an interview about it, I don't know, a year and a half ago or whatever. And that she thought about coming out with it in 2016, but still was, she still was afraid uh, to come out. And uh, now... Now it's more important than ever. She's got daughters and she wants them to know that this shouldn't happen. It's not okay for this to happen. And she's got to come out and and make a stand right now. She's got to be a role model for her daughters. Okay, well, you weren't thinking about that role model for your teenage daughters on all this time and in the last 23 years. But, well, you know, I guess you are. It isn't interesting now couple of months before an election well you know a huge election uh, that this news comes out and isn't it also uh, I find it interesting you know she was with him and did went to events she went to a funeral and sat next to him after two or three days after this allegedly took place uh, besides showing up the next day at the US open that's uh, just incredible to me that, uh, I, you know, sure. Could it have happened? Yeah, I guess. Not that I guess. Yes, it certainly could have happened. But there's no witnesses. 
She was so overwhelmed with hate and, and, and disgusting uh, feelings toward Donald Trump that she came back the next day and the following day. So it does seem a little... A little, little weird that this would happen right now. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now... Let's go on to retired, former civilian head of the Pentagon's Missile Defense Agency, apparently sexually harassed two women in his office for seven years, subjecting one woman to unwanted attention and photographing her buttocks and massaging another woman during a mentoring session. (laughs) Okay, so apparently... Okay, that's not funny. It's not funny. Stop laughing. I don't know what you're laughing at. This is horrific. This took place. Okay? Now, apparently he had a mentoring program in his office. And uh, he brought her in for the mentoring thing. And he would massage her shoulders. And she didn't like that. Sure. Sure, she stayed there because of the power dynamic. And that's, you know, she couldn't, she couldn't say, say no. She couldn't say no. But it was, you know, she couldn't take the massaging of her neck and shoulders. And apparently he made some inappropriate comments like, I love this during the mentoring program the other girl who apparently uh he took a picture of of her buttocks that's been deleted on a cell phone that was hers but he apparently is accused of taking it while they were at some event i think it was a wedding uh, another person's wedding and uh he, oh yeah, here we go. Here are the woman's box on her personal device as she walked to a food tent. She deleted it after seeing it, but reported it to her supervisors. He denied taking the photo. Okay. He also asked for her cell phone number and led her to a dance floor at agency events and shook her hand for uncomfortably long periods of time. Now you can, you can well understand how, you know, I get it. It's, I get it. I get it. It's creepy. Maybe, you know, weird. Yeah. But apparently he'd been chasing her for the seven years that he was at the, at the agency. So, I mean, these two women, you can well understand how horrible their life has been after, uh, after him wanting to go out with her and uh, then the other one after massaging her shoulders in a mentoring session. I'm not laughing. Don't look at me. I, you're the one that's laughing. I'm not laughing. And then, of course, we have fired. Radio host Dan McNeil in Chicago is watching uh, the Monday Night Football game and he sees... Uh, he sees the reporter uh, doing us, the sideline reporter for Monday Night Football, Maria Taylor. 
she's doing the reporting on Monday Night Football. And he takes a screenshot of her on the sidelines and tweets out NFL sideline reporter or a host for the AVN annual awards presentation. Now, (laughs) you know, it's just, just tried to be funny. I get it. He's just trying to be funny, but, uh, you know, people were unhappy and she was unhappy. She even replied, which I think was, I, I think was actually really good on her part, right? Instead of, Instead of just taking it or whatever, she fired back on Twitter up against this particular tweet. Well, Danny Dearest, if you'd like to continue making sexist comments about me, please bring your misogyny with you to the NBA countdown doubleheader I'll be hosting tomorrow night. Hey, ladies, remember you can wear whatever you feel confident in. And she tags the radio station 670 the score and Danny Mac 670. And, you know, to me, then it's done. Right, people can comment and beat them both up, or beat him up, or beat her up, or whatever it is. That's what Twitter is for. Okay, uh, no, no, not in today's world, not in today's world. Rachel Williamson, regional president for the Scores parent company Entercom, said, "For each one of us, our words have power, and for our brands and on-air personalities, that is amplified and." brings increased responsibility in how we choose to use our voices. Last night's tweet, and it's degrading and humiliating tone to a fellow female broadcaster was unacceptable. We have the best teams in Chicago, and we must hold ourselves to high expectations to continue to be leaders in our organization, our industry, and our community. We apologize to all who were offended by Dan's words, especially Maria. So he was fired for that tweet. So I guess it was demeaning to be a host of the annual Oscars of porn awards in today's world. You'd think that when they're looking for something live to broadcast, they may actually broadcast the Oscars of porn, the AVN awards. Uh, you know, adult video awards. I'm sorry, the adult video news awards. You know, the AVN awards. I don't want to. I don't want to give AVN. Uh, you know, bad news. That's what they are. The adult video news awards. Um, I, I, I thought we were all supposed to be for that. Apparently not. And especially if you go to make fun of it, and which I think she fired back. Great. I thought she did a great job firing back with that. I'm still working tomorrow night. Uh, if you want to continue with your, your misogyny, bring it to the NBA Duck Countdown Doubleheader I'm going to be hosting. Uh, wear what you want, ladies. Feel confident in. And really, the outfit was a nice outfit. It was a you know leather jacket, shoulders down, straps above the shoulders. And it was nice. He was just trying to be funny. But no. Not to Rachel Williamson, regional president of the Scores parent company, Intercom. Nope. We will have none of that kind of bit trying to be funny. So, you're fired. Wow. Wow. So, there you have it. Uh, there you have it, my friends. Uh, this is the, that's the order that you chose. Assault, harassment, degrading and humiliating tones. One has a job, the other retired, and the other got fired.
Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink after that. Desperately. Oh my gosh. So good. I'm having another one. In fact, this particular drink, liquid refreshment, is almost empty. So I think we'll finish it. Okay? All right. Oh, yeah. And when you have a can, you always give it the squeeze when you're done so you know that that can is empty. Right, you shouldn't be leaving cans around that are empty that don't have a little squeeze indentation in them. Uh, people don't know they're empty then. I mean, anybody could just walk up and take a drink. <laughs> anybody, you know, without a brain. You know, we talk about finding stuff on the side of the road. We talk about finding stuff uh, along beaches and how people should, you know, see what's in them. And we talk about seeing stuff along the highway and stopping to see what's in them. This may be an argument of why you don't do that. I still would do that. And I make this argument 100% of the time. You still want to see what's in the package. It doesn't matter because one of the packages could be, you know, a million bucks. Could be uh, drugs you could sell to the corner drug dealer for a couple of bucks. Could be anything. It could be a sweatshirt. Throw it in the wash. You get rid of all the bugs and dirt. You got a new sweatshirt. Could be anything. So let's say you're walking along, I don't know, the shores of Lake Michigan. And you're in Wisconsin. You're not in Michigan. You're in Wisconsin. And you're just strolling along and uh, you see a square package of aluminum foil held together by a pink rubber band. Do you open that package? <laughs> You're darn right you do. And so did Jimmy Senda. Uh, he opened the package and guess what was inside? That's right. A brain. Now, apparently, it wasn't a human brain. It looks like to be from uh, a cat or something. But it does seem a little strange that someone would wrap up in foil a brain, whether it be a cat brain. I, mean, I can almost see where it would be a human brain if you were, you know, a person who ran across a human, didn't know what to do, and you took out the brain because you were interested in what the brain looked like, and then you wrapped it in foil and, you know, tied it up with a rubber band and you threw it in the water and it washed up on shore. Or you just went for a walk along the beach and you lost it. You misplaced it. What did I do with that brain? And then Jimmy walks by the next day on that same beach and finds it. <laughs> I mean, we had the story of the guy that uh, was traveling around with body parts that were presumably his girlfriends, right? This uh, guy from Kentucky arrested for, well, he was arrested for having suitcases stuffed with body parts of a woman they believe the woman to be his girlfriend he goes from kentucky to illinois on a bus ride and takes the luggage with him and so his parents look at him like dude what's why are you acting so weird about the luggage and he just doesn't want anybody looking at the luggage he's got him he keeps him in the room so then he runs out and the mom and the dad go in and say, those bags are starting to smell a little bit. I wonder what the heck is going on. Why does he care so much about these suitcases? And why doesn't he want anybody to look inside? And What's he doing with them? And they opened it up and found some body parts. And that's when they called the police. 
That might be a good idea. It may be a good idea. If you open a suitcase and you go, ooh, there's a body part. Maybe we should call the authorities. Now, apparently, this was his uh, girlfriend, Mr. Mr. Wacko, decided that, uh, you know, he was going to, you know, we don't know if he killed her. We don't know if she died and then he dismembered her and put her in the suitcases and brought her, brought her with him. We don't know what happened. So apparently he's been charged with a felony count of being a fugitive from justice. Wait, he's a fugitive from justice? It doesn't say what he was a fugitive from justice about. I mean, I know they they found the uh, other body parts uh, in the apartment where he had lived with his girlfriend or at the girlfriend's apartment. But it still doesn't mean he killed her. I mean, I should be his attorney right now. So I guess if you travel with body parts in luggage, you're a fugitive from justice. Something to remember. <laughs> I mean, we are out of control. We are out of control. No doubt about it. I, I'm not quite sure what brings you to think that you've got your girlfriend and maybe she died on her own or overdosed and you decided to go back to mom and dad's house in Chicago and you're just going to take some of her with you and threw as much as you could in the suitcases <laughs> and brought them with you. It's a little, it, you know what? It is a little weird, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. You should uh, subscribe to uh, chewing the fat. If you're listening to this podcast and you are not a subscriber to this podcast, that means you're just a freeloader. Now, you don't want to be just a freeloader. You want to be a subscription freeloader. Yeah, I mean, sure, the subscription is free for now, but uh, it's good. It's a good thing for you to be a subscription freeloader. It's a bad thing for you just to be a freeloader. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat and become a subscription freeloader okay there's plenty of platforms to choose from itunes spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher there's a, a plethora of platforms for you to choose from whatever one warms whatever you need to have warmed warm and then subscribe to chewing the fat it's just that simple <laughs> talking about Mexico. I mean, uh, I'm going to Mexico. We have some stories uh, coming up after the story <laughs> about Mexico in the news, in the news, Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. But first, I wanted to tell you about a Kentucky theme park. We were talking about Kentucky. That's where the luggage body parts guy was from. And I thought it got me thinking about Kentucky. A couple days left. For those of you listening live to this podcast on the 17th of September, 2020, you got two days left. All right. Today, tomorrow, and the 19th to rent out a theme park for just your family. Okay. The Beach Bend Amusement Park and Splash Lagoon in Bowling Green, Kentucky is putting his theme park up for rent. 
for families. I don't know why they didn't do this earlier, to be honest with you. It doesn't make any sense to me why they wouldn't have done this earlier. But uh, I mean, maybe because the state shut down and said they couldn't open. <laughs> you know, ways to keep businesses closed forever. <laughs> oh, that silly thing called the lockdown. <laughs> yeah, that silly thing. So anyway, now they're back open and they're trying, you know, the 19th is closing day for them weird why don't they stay open longer but i digress so uh it's a theme park it's home to the kentucky rumbler and the air race thrill rides they now have boosted their safety guidelines of course they've implemented new sanitizing measures of course and they're requiring mask worn inside the park i don't know if you come with your family if you have to wear a mask i would argue against that if it were my family but that's another story. So apparently, you can contact the theme park and get it for up to six to eight hours for your family, up to six people. They say groups larger than six can be accommodated if you call in advance. So if you just show up <laughs> with six of you, I guess they just let you in. But if you got more than six, you should have called ahead. Uh, that's how busy they are. So for $5,000, family of six, two hours, you get the park to yourself. I guess you get the park to yourself for two hours or you just get the run of the joint. I mean, an adult ticket is 38 bucks. There can't be a lot of people there. I would, I would say there can't be a lot of people there, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But for two hours... 2500 bucks an hour, six people, you get the run of the joint. That seems like it's not fair. But, I mean, maybe, maybe four hours, right? Maybe. I, uh, 1200 bucks an hour, 1250 an hour. I mean, I could see that for the joint, for six people just running around doing what they want. But two hours... Five grand, get the run of the joint. Plus, you pro they're probably going to make you wear a mask, which is agonizing to think about if I show up with my family. But it might be fun. I don't know why they didn't do this early. Just open up. They should have done it. Made a big national campaign. We're opening up. We're going to let families in. You, your family, get to come in for four hours, and then the next family comes in. And we chop it off in four-hour blocks. I mean... Hello, do I have to do marketing for all of these places? All right, so then I mentioned uh, Mexico. Mexico, Mexico, in the news. So apparently they had their big national lottery uh, earlier this week, and it was set to create, I guess, 100 millionaires with their national lottery, their raffle. So they sold tickets, right? 24 bucks a piece. And they were going to pick, I guess, six winners to win a million bucks. Or what was it? Uh, uh, not six winners. A hundred winners. The picture has this, their raffle girl holding up the number six. So, sorry. So, you get to a hundred millionaires. Well, actually, just under a hundred. Because uh, you won, like... 20 million pesos and that's just under a million dollars American money 
20 million pesos, just under a million. We're on our way to get there. Anyway, uh, so there was a flurry, I guess, of last minute interest that led to uh, long lines at the ticket sales. People were a little wound up having to wait in line. And the other people, government agencies, were complaining that they had to take part in it. They, they spent $24 million advertising the event. Right? So, okay. And, you know, good luck. God bless. Why, don't, why wouldn't you want to get a million bucks in Mexico? I mean, we all play the lottery, right? I mean, in a country that, sure, the president has admitted that murders are rising on his watch. <laughs> sure. Uh, look extortion by organized crime gangs has increased since I came to power. Sure, murders have risen since I've came to power. But look, I'm still your president, right? The homicides have only risen 7.9%. Extortion has only risen 12.7% since I've been president. I've got it under control. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. Sure, in 2018, we had 19,357 murders in the first seven months of the year. Sure, we've only got 20,494 murders this year in the first seven months. So, you know, just up a little. Just up a little. I mean, heck, we registered 34,582 murders last year. So... We're not even, we're not, we're, we're not even there yet. <laughs> we're fine. Quit your whining. Okay. Sure. If you're a journalist in Mexico, trying to report on crime and trying to report on corruption, you would probably be found beheaded in your own country. Like a Julio Valdiva. Uh, he was a reporter, journalist. He focused on, you know, gang violence and uh, really grisly stories. And, uh, well, he got too close. He got too close. They found him uh, beheaded. Sad story. Sad. It looks as though he was run over by the train, but uh, no, uh, that's not what happened. Just the head would not be there. Just because it was by the train tracks <laughs> doesn't mean the train did it. Okay? No, that was done by someone else. Some other gang member. But why wouldn't you want to just play, try to become a millionaire or 20 million peso heir in Mexico for 24 bucks? Good luck, God bless. I know they were trying to, I guess they were trying to make people feel better about the government's plane, the private plane that the government was flying around, I guess. I don't know. They're trying to make people feel better. You know what? That's what they're doing. All right. They're trying to make things feel better. Yeah, because he tried. That's right. He tried to, uh, he, they were mad at him for having this uh, 787 plane. And so he said, Hey, I'll sell the plane and I'll give the money for social programs. So they couldn't find a buyer. And so they said, Hey, you know what we'll do instead of me selling my stuff and giving you the money, we'll let you spend money on a lottery ticket 
and I'll give you some of the money that you spent on the lottery ticket. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? It sure does. <laughs> Man, doesn't that make you want to live in Mexico? Because it does me, that's for sure. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. I think I'm going to start a new campaign. Um, feel sorry for actors campaign. I think, I, I think that's a good, I, you know, just we'll see how it works out. Because uh, I see a headline. I didn't want to read the stupid story. I just, well, I see the headline. And what they're talking about is, you know, shows coming back, right? They've resumed production. We're getting shows back into production. And, and when Netflix has already said that they were resuming uh, production in uh, Europe, right? We did those stories. And they talked about how they were keeping everyone uh, contained. And you come in and you get tested and then you're there, right? You're there to shoot and make the shows. That's what you do. You stay in your own little bubble and that's that's how you work. And I see the headline where Riverdale star, who's, you know, they're back, you know, resuming production. Uh, Lily Reinhardt said she genuinely felt like a prisoner shooting in Canada. Yeah, I know. It was probably tough. You had to stay in your general shooting area and you couldn't leave for however long your shooting time is. And I get it. It's frustrating, but it's not like you're, I don't know, digging trenches, you're acting. And then you have to go back to your private trailer and learn some more lines and go back to act your scene. So hashtag feel sorry for actors campaign, I think is my. It's my new campaign. So Hurricane Sally uh, made landfall and is uh, wreaking havoc across the southeast and flooding. And there was, you know, all kinds of damage. And we've got uh, we've got uh, stories of giant gators being spotted. I saw a video. Some lady was checking her home uh, security system. Doesn't say whether it was simply safe or not, but I'm sure it was. Uh, she saw this giant gator swimming uh, outside her house. <laughs> and then one of the local TV shows, or TV news stations, posted uh, pictures of eels swimming along the highway. And, you know, that's what's going to happen. These storms come through, right? We talked about the mosquitoes, swarms of mosquitoes happening. And, you know, that's what happens with gators. Now, apparently, the there's an alligator ranch in Mississippi I'm sure it's not as good as uh, Gatorland in Florida, but I digress. Then uh, they were just happy with the. They had about 250 alligators escape during Katrina. So anytime a storm comes through, they get a little concerned. <laughs> but uh, apparently they were fine this time. That's the story. We're fine. Sigh of relief. Well, not every gator is in lockdown. Okay? Uh, there's some gators out wandering around neighborhoods, thanks to Hurricane Sally. Right now, you're looking at 510,000 people out of power in Alabama and Florida. At least that's what's being reported. Could be, you know, could be more. Uh, just 
incredible damage these storms bring. And Sally was, you know, a relatively small storm. Uh, she made landfall as a two, but she had moved so slow and stayed out in the Gulf for so long that it did so much flooding and wind damage and, and water damage that it's just, it's going to be a while before we find out exactly how much, how much damage she actually did. And nobody dropped any ice in the middle of her. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know. But if you want to help out, you can go to mercuryone.org. They are always at these disasters helping people. And you can help them uh, help people by donating. Mercuryone.org. 100% of your money goes to whatever particular storm or disaster you want to donate to. And that's what makes Mercury One so special. Really, I mean, we have the big event every year, which we have the new. It's coming up. I gotta get the. I don't have the paperwork in front of me. I'll talk to you tomorrow about it. Okay, I'll tell you when the new, the big uh, uh, event is coming up this year, and that's where they make the yearly money to pay the bills of the people that work there and keep the lights on, and then the rest of the time, all the money that they ha- get donated goes toward the disaster. Mercury One dot org. So I see a story yesterday about how Beethoven's Fifth Symphony is a symbol of exclusion and elitism to women, LGBTQ plus people, and people of color. Wow. Okay. Okay. I think we're pushing the button too far now. Okay. I get it. You want to bring down all the white men. So anything that any white man has ever liked is bad. And I know they they reference an article written in 1840 from a classical music fan saying that the fan wished that all women shall be gagged by officers duly licensed for the purpose before they're allowed to enter a concert room. Well, that was in 1840. Now, apparently, you're supposed to, when you walk into a standard concert hall, there's an established set of conventions and etiquette. Yeah, there there are. A lot of those established etiquettes are out the window in today's world, but overwhelmingly still hold true. Don't cough, don't cheer, dress appropriately. That's more demonstrating belonging than appreciating the music. No, that's just a night out and be nice. And it's part of going to the opera or going to uh, the, you know, going to the concert hall. But I guess it's for racist white people. Then I find a story in the Toledo Journal admin. And of course, uh, of course, you can trust anything written in the Toledo Journal admin. It was submitted to the Toledo Journal admin by something called Black News. Now, according to this story, uh, Beethoven, uh, Ludwig van Beethoven, was uh, a black man. Oh, wait, what? So the white guy that making classical music was a black guy? Yeah, according to this. He apparently was a mulatto or a black Spaniard, according to this story. His father was a white German and his mother was a Moor who was from Northern Africa. 
they were, you know, Muslims and North Africans who were, I guess, there were plenty of white people from Northern Africa and there were plenty of, uh, you know, Northern African Muslims, Moors, who were white, but uh, apparently uh, Beethoven's mother wasn't, right? She was, uh, and according to this story, Negro. So he was, according to this story, he used body doubles for portraits and Eurocentric historians hiding the truth of his genetic heritage. They claim that he used white powder on his face to hide his ethnic origin when he went out in public. I don't know that I buy that, but maybe, maybe. So, okay. And they're trying to say that Beethoven was black on this. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do we know that I'd like to see the proof that he used body doubles and uh, he was pressured to wear white powder on his face to hide his origin. I'd like proof of that. But if it's true, if it's true, it was, you know, his lifetime span. When was, when was Ludwig alive? I mean, he died in 1827. So, I mean, he was baptized, they say, in 1770. Again, so, I'd like to see some proof. I'd like to be, see some proof that he was, uh, that he was mulatto or black Spaniard. I mean, I can believe that. I would like to to see proof that he hid and uh, used body doubles. But I guess there's a historian that wrote about it in uh, in a book called The Chosen Ones. So now I'm going to have to go back and try to figure that out because I want to see proof of that. I do want to see proof of that. But that's just me. <laughs> uh, crazy old me. Trying to figure out, uh, you know, I don't want to bog you down or, or let you in on any of the facts. <laughs> Just tell you, you know, how we feel. That's the most important thing in today's world anyway, right? It's how we feel. So I apologize for trying to bog you down with facts. <sighs> Boy, a lot to get to tomorrow too on Fat Pile Friday. I'll try to get through it all. Uh, I will. There's, I mean, there's so much stuff that I try to get to all week long, and we just, we just, I, we just can't because there's just too much fat. There's too much fat. Don't look at my picture or anything. Just know that there's too much fat. My gosh, I'm not trying to, you know, say that I'm, but I'm saying that you, well, you know.